Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Open Mic. My name is Logan. I'm here with Coco, JC, and Jared. And today we're going to be talking about singleness. And uh, we want to encourage you to go back and watch the message, uh, listen to the message on singleness uh, from our young adult gathering if you haven't already. One of the things we talked about uh, before we started this podcast was uh, there's always a single character in a TV show who just kind of makes you laugh. And so we were kicking around our favorite single uh, TV show characters. Coco, why don't you hit us with yours? For sure. I'm going to go with George Costanza from Seinfeld because that dude is always going on dates and really they always go poorly. And so he's just, his goal is to find a girl and uh, that dude (laughs) needs to listen to this singleness podcast. But Seinfeld, if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Yeah, mine is Joey from Friends. So I just feel like he is always going on dates and they make fun of him for it because he can never find a consistent girlfriend, but it's like his persona. He has Mm -hmm. to not have a girlfriend. That's who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mine is probably rooted in uh, reality TV. Um, And I haven't watched a lot of seasons of it, but the seasons I have watched, I'm all in on. And that's The Bachelor. Um, Or Bachelorette, depending on uh, which one you want to watch. You don't discriminate. But but I do love uh, watching... I, I don't know what it is about The Bachelor, It's but, but part of it is just seeing, uh, one, I think I would be a great host one day. If anybody has an <laughs> in. Because you're pretty good at like stirring the pot, like in like the right amount. drama. Yeah, yeah, the and right amount. I hate the drama. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I would love to be that, that guy at one point. But just seeing, one, everybody on there is hopefully single, but all, there's like 30 different women, and they all act like they're dating one guy. And they're like, oh, we're dating the same... That's never a, a normal thing to happen outside of that show. And just watching the social dynamics of 30 women or 30 men trying to figure out, like, they like the same girl. And it's just such a weird social experiment. I love everything about it. <laughs> and if anyone has any ins at ABC, I would love uh, to talk to you. I'm going to go with uh, kind of throwback with uh, um, JC and Coco. Uh, I'm going to uh, hit King of Queens. Uh, Big King of Queens guy uh, lately. Em and I have been watching that. uh, And Spence and Danny on there, uh, Doug Heffernan's friends. Uh, Spence and Danny are just always single and just struggling, just on the struggle bus. (laughs) Roommates, right? Uh, Roommates and just trying to find trying to find somebody and it's not working out for him, but uh, it's funny to kick around some of those deals. Uh, and, and so we're going to jump into our first point, and uh, that is really talking about what in singleness do you do while you are waiting? So like, what do you do during the waiting season of singleness? Yeah, I would say number one is just to grow in your devotion to the Lord, because if you're single and you're really wanting to get married, What else are you going to do about it? I mean, especially for me as a girl, like I'm not the one going asking guys out. So why not just take the time God is allowing me to have in my singleness to just grow closer to him and keep walking with him and also to just reach out to other girls who might be struggling in their singleness and to encourage them along the way, too, because we're all in this together. Mm, That's good. Yeah, I think a a huge thing for this, what what do you do while you're waiting, is to know that like getting married is not the end goal. Like... Mm. That sometimes feels like the end goal, especially in young adulthood. You're like, man, if I could just get married, I will be, I'll be the the perfect young adult. And that's just not the case. And so I think like while you're waiting, letting your identity be in God, like JC said, your devotion being God and your identity being God and not in your relationship status. And I think when you realize that, that kind of frees you up a little bit to not be set in such a hurry or, you know, lowering your standards or whatever it may be. Uh, but it gives you, like, the freedom to be able to be like, 
no, like I, I know who I am in Christ and I'm going to be able to fulfill what God has in store for me personally. And then if God wants to bring someone else into my life, then that's great. If not, you'll be okay still. Yeah, one of the things that Logan read last night was from 1 Corinthians 7, uh, when Paul says that the the unmarried person is not divided, their interests aren't divided. Um, and the version that uh, I kind of knew this from before said that their devotion was undivided. And while divided devotion is not a bad thing, like if you're married, you have, you have kids, you have a wife, or you have a husband, you have to be divided. Logan talked about that last night, where like, and I think one of the stories that you shared with us beforehand that you ended up not sharing was like one of the times that your wife got sick, where like, yeah. I've been there, where my wife gets sick. You, you have to pull away. You should pull away yeah. from what you're doing because you have to go help. You have to go be there. So I think that's a reality you don't really get until you're in marriage because you've never had to be responsible for another person. You've never gotten the opportunity to care for someone in that deep of a way. And that's not a bad thing. So I think just realizing what you're holding now and realizing, man, if I want to go spend three hours with some people, if I want to be mm-hmm. a part of two different small groups, if I want to go really gra- grab coffee with someone, mm-hmm. go grab, you, know, you can do that. Mm-hmm. And that's an opportunity that you have now that you may not have later that will be divided if you get married. And that's mm-hmm. just the reality. Yeah. yeah, I would say what to do while you're waiting. Uh, man, dive headfirst into community because... Mm-hmm. Uh, That was one thing that I was thinking about of like, okay, now that I'm not in the single stage of life anymore is like those friendships that you develop in your uh, like singleness, like those were some fun times. Like I legit miss those friendship uh, times. And I remember uh, while while I was single before I met Emma, it was just like, there were fun times going on. And I remember it was like a dynamic change for me. I was like, oh, even though now I'm dating someone, I, I, I miss that. And so I'd say what to do while you're waiting, dive into community, not only from the spiritual aspect of uh, you can serve and grow in a way that you're not always able to in another season, but also just from a fun first perspective as well, you might as well enjoy it, you yeah. know? And uh, Koga, you kind of mentioned is all the different steps. It's like, Marriage seems like the next step. It's like we go to elementary school, we go to middle school, we go to high school. Jared was homeschooled. I don't know how that. How <laughs> that's all just the same. Okay, building. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Glad we cleared. We always have to shout out our homeschoolers out there. <laughs> they're out there. They're, they're quiet, they're but they're they're there. They're listening. So you go, you know, you go to high school, and and maybe you either start working or you go to college, and then you get married, and you have kids, and you work, and then you retire, and it's like this. And we 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 view that as like this is what you do, but. God's plans for us are the best plans, and we don't know what they are. Like, mm-hmm. uh, we, we, we don't get to know that. Mm-hmm. But the, God's Word does tell us over and over again that if we commit our ways to Him and if we trust in Him, He will, you know, reveal a path to mm-hmm. us. And it doesn't always look like what we think it's going to look like. Yeah, Logan, I love that you mentioned, like, you dove into community and you had friendships. And I think that, like, being, I personally am in a single season right now. And I think, like, that is one of the sweetest things that the Lord gives us is, like, we crave relationships and friendships. And that doesn't have to be, like, a romantic relationship. Like, you can have, like, really deep friendships with girls, with guys, like, and it can be so sweet. And I think you can find that in community. You can find that when you're serving in the church. And that is something that it's like, you can go out to eat and have a great time. You can go have a game night and have a great time and like use this time of singleness to like be able to spend time with those people because the reality is things do shift and change when you do get married. So things look different, but like I've been so blessed by the friendship in my life, you know, during this season, season of singleness. And so I think looking for those uh, different relationships is, is really huge to be able to do that while you're still single. Yeah. And one of the realities is, and Logan, you kind of mentioned it, it is 
a different thing to maintain friendships when you're either dating or married. So if you're thinking like, man, I've got to check this box before I move on to the other ones, that's not necessarily the right order. And, and I would argue based on what you read in the Bible and when you read Song of Solomon, it talks about how like both of those parties were surrounded by people that knew them and loved them. There was like a confirming attitude about their community around mm-hmm. their choice of their significant other. So it's like if you are lone wolf in it yeah. and trying to find somebody, that, that might be something that like in your singleness, try to step into community mm-hmm. as you are maybe pursuing someone or pursuing the Lord, like knowing people is only going to help you in your mm-hmm. walk with God. Knowing people is only going to help you in your um, future with, with people. I, I, I got a question. JC, you're probably um, one of the most on-mission people I know in investing in others. What advantage is your singleness right now in being able to do that? That's sweet. Thank you. Um, I think that I just see like that God has given me this season for a reason. And when I was in college, I didn't always think that it was a good season to be in. I didn't want to be single. But post-grad, I'm like, this is such a good opportunity to invest in people, invest in my personal relationship with God, but then invest in other girls and disciple them, pour into them. Um, Because my time is free. And I love spending time with my friends, too. I was thinking about that. And um, I feel like I've been more sentimental lately, which I'm not a sentimental person. But just thinking about... (laughs) (laughs) how like deep my friendships are like there is intimacy in that and I feel like we all are created to be known that's why we are created to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ um and so if you're single and you're like I can't be known by someone until I'm married like yes in some ways you won't be but you can be known Mm -hmm. by if you're a girl other girls a guy other guys um and I really cherish that with my friends I have married and single friends that both know me super well and I think everyone regardless of your stage of life Mm -hmm. you need people in your life who are married and single because they can speak a lot to you and teach you a lot still, even if they're not at the same pace as you. Yeah. And if there's anyone married listening to this, I would Don't say... Don't you take my point that I was going to say. <laughs> oh, I'm, you, I'm you probably going to beat you to it. I would say, because when me and my wife got married... I don't know what it is when you get when you're dating and when you're engaged and when you are married there's this myth of like no one is in the same season of life as us. Mm-hmm. And that is the biggest lie because you don't just get to like okay, you're single, I'm I'm engaged, we're not going to be as close. It's just different now. You, you don't understand. One that's just not true. That's only as true as you want if you as you make that. So if you want to ostracize people and move them out of your life, yeah. You can, you can make that true. But in my experience and me and my wife's experience, we need people that are single, both in mm-hmm. our married relationships and now that we have kids. Like, I love that we have friends that are single that love me, love me, love my wife, love my kids in a way that my married friends are unable to do mm-hmm. because their attention is divided. Mm-hmm. So if you're married and listening to this, you need single friends. If you are single and you're listening to this, married people be friends with them. Mm-hmm. They have stuff to offer you, and you have a, a, so much to offer them. I don't have anything to say. Is that your you. point? <laughs> and, well, I'm so glad and, and practically, one of my best friends in life is single, and I have a wife and two kids, but he hangs out with us all the time, and it's, it's awesome. It's a cool like, relationship that exists. It really is a blessing. I mean, it's such a cool thing to see how you can pour into someone and be poured into by someone in a completely different stage of life than you. It's so cool. Yeah, and so we know this, though, too, that uh, some people out there, you might be single as a Pringle, and you're ready to mingle. Let's go. Uh, I've had that one tucked away for a little bit. I don't know if it makes sense, but but is that a thing? Oh, I still say it. Oh, okay. 
I didn't know. It, I thought that was a still, r- little original. I can't judge it based on I still say it because I'm, yeah. I'm old. Yeah. And I so there are people that are out there and they are looking. And we, we believe it's good to be on the lookout. Like we've said it last week. We want there to be um, godly marriages um, developing and coming out of our community and things like that. That's a, that's a, that's a good thing. It's biblical. And so uh, what would we say, though, to someone... Uh, who is single. We kind of talked a lot last week about looking at red flags in others, but what are some red flags maybe that someone who is single has that they could maybe evaluate and look at their own life and say, uh, is this something that I should maybe look at? So what are some things that you would say to someone who is single? It's like, hey, don't do this. Yeah, the number one thing for me is don't be desperate because when you're desperate, you're lowering your standards. And that's another one of our points. Um, but we listen to JP a lot here and he says, lengthen your patience, don't lower your standards. And I legit tell girls that all the time because I have to remind myself of that. Um, like if I'm out here getting desperate day in and day out, just looking at the guys in our community every Tuesday night, every Sunday morning, um, then I'm going to start lowering my standards because I don't see anyone asking me out and I want to be asked out. And then that's the like next option is to just lower your standards instead of lengthening your patience, waiting for God to bring someone who's like on the same page as you. Um, yeah. So I would just say that. I would say, cause the analogy that we use that I used last week and used it a little bit is like in your singleness, y- you can devote time to God like never before. So you can run towards God. You can serve him. You can be devoted. You can uh, be surrounded by community. And as you're running towards God, the ideal is is that someone would bump into you and you don't mind them. And you're like, okay, I see you. And you start to run with them. Now, if you are desperate, what you're doing is you're looking to the left and the right a little harder. And when you don't necessarily see someone there, the tendency of desperation is to, when you're looking left and right, when you're running, you're slowing down. When you are hoping that someone's going to pull up next to you and nobody's there, you're going to slow down until someone meets you there. Mm -hmm. And I think that is probably one of the greatest problems that we see with people that are just on fire for God, but their desire turns into desperation for God or for for someone Mm -hmm. and turns away from God. And then they just lower their standards. They're good with whatever because they want to be married. Mm -hmm. And they end up with somebody that just isn't on the same level and plane as them. And when you read... Mm -hmm. Uh, the Bible and it talks about don't be unequally yoked with someone. That's yeah. not just saying like, oh, don't marry an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is true. But it's also saying don't marry someone that's like not running the same race as you are. Yeah. They're in a different category. They're way behind you. Like, is that a problem that they're way behind you? No, they're they're running too. Mm-hmm. But don't marry somebody that's going to drag you down and be dead weight. Yeah, that's good. And you know, I, I can imagine people listening to this podcast might be like, man, like I am single. And I, I have that desire to be married. What, how do I, what do I do with that information, right? And I think I've, I've been there before. And I heard someone say, like, it is okay to be, like, want, desiring that and still being, like, I, I don't like the word content necessarily because it seems like, okay, cool, I'm just sitting over here in content. It's like, no, I'm going to do what God has called me to do, and I'm going to run fast and do that. But, like, at the same time, I can, like, also hold, like, man, I, I do desire that. And it's something that God created. So it's a good thing to desire that. But I think when that becomes the main thing, which is the people I would say that are, are desperate, it's unattractive. And so when people are like going and, you know, we talked about like the shotgun approach of like just asking a ton of people out, like that can be a little bit like 
a little red flag there of like, man, maybe I don't want to be that person or whatever. And so I think that's, I think that's huge. So, but I think it's okay to also desire that, but I think it's so good that we're like, what we're like talking about this. I think another red flag would be like selfishness. And this is so easy to fall into because we all literally are selfish. Um, but I think looking at other people and like myself too, that's something I want to be like so careful not to be so focused on myself that I'm like, man, like this is the only thing and I'm the only person that matters. But Philippians 2, 3 says, don't do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit rather in humility, value others above yourself. And I think that's just so huge. And so like the second red flag we would say is like selfishness. And, uh, so if you are, are you, if you're listening and you're like, oh no, like some of these things, I, I feel like these are in my life or I'm struggling with this. Like, it's actually a good thing we're having this conversation because then you can take time to like devote yourself to God and bring these red flags to God and say, I'm struggling in selfishness. I'm struggling in being desperate. And when we bring that to God, like we can ask for his help. We can literally talk to God about anything and he hears us and he can help us to be, um, to not be selfish, to not be desperate, but to still bring our desires to God. I, I, I want to kind of hit on the, the desperation point a little bit, uh, is that my dad would always have this funny saying he would tell us when my brother and I, whenever we were uh, younger, like in high school and stuff, and he always said, if you look hungry, you won't get fed. And <laughs> what he was telling us is, if you seem desperate in any situation, like that is not always an attractive quality. And so I know for sure that if uh, I do believe, um, and I'll ask you to, but I think girls are attracted to a guy who is confident, not arrogant, not mm-hmm. prideful, but is uh, confident in who God has made them to be and doesn't have a sense of desperation like you are it for them and they're letting everything ride on you. Is that is that true? For sure. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you know you're going to fail the person. Like, we all have flaws and things that are going to only be magnified in marriage. So you don't want someone who's putting you on a pedestal before they're putting God on a pedestal. That's good. And, Coco, you kind of mentioned this already. But this is another uh, kind of red flag as we were talking that, like, for self-evaluation, uh, we should look at, uh, and, and it's look at your own track record. And, Jared, you want to unpack that for us a little bit? Sure. I mean, one of the things I think we have to acknowledge is like, what does your past look like? And I want to be careful here because I don't want to say that like, if your past is bad, you're just, you're out of luck. You can't, you, you can't get it right. But, you know, I think we have to know that God forgives and God is good and he can redeem broken situations. So, you know, most people that are in our community are going to have some kind of baggage. There's something that they're bringing along with them that is a bad track record. But I think what you have to do is Acknowledge where you've been, acknowledge what your experiences have been, and bring that to the Lord and say, God, I want to honor you in the way that I live. So whether that's like one of the things that we've talked about and you said, man, I've, I've been desperate in my singleness. God, I haven't been devoted to you in my singleness. God, I don't, I don't have a good history of sexual purity. God, I don't have a good history of treating people with honor in dating. Be honest with God about that. And I think that goes back to like where community helps because, man, when you have something that you don't know how to break the ties of, I mean, I just don't know how to date the right way. I just, I've never done it. I've never seen it done the right way. Everybody around me in high school dated one way, and that's what I knew. That's where Christian community can help you reshape and transform your mind by the renewing of your, of your spirit, by the renewing of your mind. 
That's what God, Christian community is meant to do, to help you, to encourage you in the things that are difficult and to challenge you uh, in the things that are difficult and, and to help you uh, in the right direction, to remind you. Because I think sometimes we can look at our track record and go, you know what? That's right. I, I have a bad track record. I don't deserve. And kind of lead into that like bad mentality of, man, I'm, I just don't deserve it. But say, no, God can redeem that and speak into that a little bit. Yeah. As you were talking, uh, I, di- I, I want to not dive too much into it because we're going to unpack this in the coming weeks a little bit. But if you're single and one of the things I need you think you need to evaluate is sexual purity in your own life. Um, because if you now, now I understand like there, that's complex and, and there's things there, but you know, first Corinthians six eighteen I think it is, it tells us we need to flee from sexual immorality. So if you're not even in a place where you're fleeing from it, you've not even really addressed it. You don't have any accountability in your life. I would say it's actually a great thing that you're single at this time because you need to go to a position where you can start to see God help you gain some victory in that in your life. And it's only going to get more complicated as you take that into a relationship. Like I said, we'll, we'll talk more about that as we go, but I do think it fits along with those as you're, you're kind of evaluating yourself. And we kind of mentioned uh, along those lines as well, it's kind of this image obsession. We are a very image-driven culture. Uh, how, does, how does that, if like you are single and it's all about um, the way someone looks, like how would you, you know, kind of coach someone who is in, in that uh, mindset? I would say, okay, here, here's what I would say. If you catch yourself being, like, attracted to a certain person or desiring a certain image for yourself, I would say you have to ask yourself why. Mm-hmm. Why am I attracted to that person? Why am I attracted to the way that, and because that can take so many different avenues. It can take the way that you look, the things that you buy, the car that you drive, the people that you surround yourself with. I, I feel like that's something that I can struggle with, um, I want people to like me, so I, I want to do what I think you want, so I'm, I'm just trying to people please sometimes, and I have to ask myself, like, why do I want them to be happy with me? Is it because I want to honor them as a person? Is it because I want um, to bless them, or is it because I'm puffing myself? It, to me, it's a form of pride, so mm-hmm. I think you have to kind of audit your intentions. You have to audit what you, what you plan to do. Okay, I'm going to do this thing so that that person likes me a little bit more or because I want to honor God and bless them. Yeah, I was just thinking like girls will get all dressed up. They'll be like, I'm looking really good tonight, going to young adults. Um, Maybe it's my night to find a guy. And I mean, I'd be lying if I haven't had those thoughts before, but it is a slippery slope because then you can constantly be be worried about your image Mm -hmm. um, and how others perceive you, not even just the opposite sex, but everyone in general, like Jared was saying. Um, And that's like not how God created you to be. He wants you to embrace him fully. And yes, you can look nice and, and honor him still with that um, but that should not be ultimate in your life Um, so I was just going to say if any girls are listening to this that think they have to look and dress and act a certain way in order for guys to get to know for in order for guys to notice them that's not true that I think that's a lie honestly probably from the world and culture and maybe from yourself and your past experiences and honestly from Satan um, all of them it's just a lie because you don't need to look a certain way in order for someone to like you. They should like you for your character and for how much you love the Lord um, above all else. That was actually one of the things I was most attracted by my wife was, is that number one, she was pursuing God, but she was 
she was like modest. She didn't think of like that she needed to be uh, like the fact that she wasn't so image obsessed was very attractive um, to me. And so I think it's important. Like I hope that helps maybe if someone and I get it how it can be a struggle because ain't nobody out there picking like I'm going to pick my Instagram profile pick to be my ugliest picture <laughs> of myself. Like <laughs> at least I don't do that. I don't know. Yeah. You know, so I, I get it. But we do. It is. A, I think what you said, Jared, auditing your intentions mm-hmm. in all of the, the aspects that that goes. Coco, anything to add on that thought no, process? I, um, I think as JC was talking about that, I mean, I think it is a slippery slope and it just, it just can be crazy, but that goes back to selfishness. Mm. If we're self-obsessed of how I look, if I don't wear this or, oh, I look bad today, no one's going to talk, whatever. Like it literally is not living in reality, I think, when we're so just obsessed with ourselves and thinking about how we look, whatever. And um, then that means you're not confident in who God has made you to be because that's all you think about. And so, yeah, I think if I think evaluating what where you're at with that is huge. Yeah, I think when you were talking about selfishness a couple minutes ago, a couple minutes ago, Coco, I was thinking through, and I, we've talked about it a lot, but like community is the antithesis of selfishness because yes, do you get something from, do you get something like positive from community? Absolutely. They're going to help you. They're going to help you walk with the Lord. But if you're around people, they're going to be difficult. They're going to be annoying. They're going to have their own problems. They're going to be late. They're going to text you too much or not text you enough. They're, people are gonna, just going to let you down. So like one of the things that, that I think can help you make you more like Christ today is someone in your life mm-hmm. that is not perfect, that you can love really, really well. Yeah. And that's a sign of like maturity to me mm-hmm. is that you can be close to and kind and helping, discipling people that are around you. Um, and one of the things that should be happening, whether you're single, dating, or married. That's so good. And, uh, you know, we talked about it uh, last night that we're, you know, we've really, in our society, we, we've pitted uh, really singleness versus married. And singleness is bad. Marriage is good. And I think sometimes we walk around and we, we pity people who are single. And we kind of address that it's like, man, stop pitting them and start mm-hmm. seeing them the way that God uh, sees them. And hopefully that gives people hope as we talk about that. But the reality is, is there are situations that are tough in life that we walk through. And, uh, you know, it's, we have feelings and, and emotions tied to things. So how can, like, really what hope is there, though? What, what, what hope do we have um, for someone who's maybe in that season and wrestling with God and that they're needing some hope? Mm. I, I think as, I mean, as a single person, I would say, like, keep asking the Lord for it. Keep bringing that to the Lord. And because I, I do believe that he hears us and he wants to give us good gifts. And so, I, I mean, like, why would I stop asking God for a desire that I have? Like, that makes no sense to me. Uh, it can be exhausting. And JC, we talk about this a lot of like, we can have moments of, I'm good. I like being single. And then literally it could be the next hour. I'm like, man, like, actually, I would love to be in a relationship. And it's not like we're not up here, like talking on this podcast, thinking like we have it perfect. But I think like, for sure, just realizing like, man, it's okay to keep asking the Lord for that. And tell your, you know, tell your friends when you're struggling too, of like, man, I'm really struggling in my singleness right now. Would you pray for me? Um, And I've been so encouraged when I've brought that to my friends, to whoever, my community. And they're like, yeah, like, it's okay. Like, it's okay to feel that. And, um, and so there is hope, like God sees you. He actually cares more about my relationship status than I do or where, you know, what's going to happen. And I just have to like trust in God's sovereignty of like, he knows what's best for me. And, uh, I love in Psalms, it talks about God's the one that's going to fulfill his purposes for me. So like, 
cool. Like if that's me being married, awesome. Like if that's me being single for this season, I'm, I'm going to accept that as God's plan right now. And I'm going to keep hoping. I'm going to keep asking God for that. Um, but I would rather be praying for the rest of my life that, God, would you bring uh, someone in my life that we could serve together, that we could glorify you together? Um as opposed to, you know, I think I'm just going to give up praying. So if you're single, my encouragement is don't give up praying, don't give up hope because God wants us to keep on asking him for stuff. Yeah. And Logan touched on this last night, but, um, the only true satisfactory thing that you'll find in life is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so if you're searching for a relationship constantly, um, just like Jeremiah two thirteen says that it can be a broken cistern. And unless Jesus is the one flowing the water through that cistern, mm -hmm. then it's going to fail you. So if you're constantly grasping for a relationship, um, it's never going to be what satisfies. You have to grasp for Jesus. And then maybe that's what God has in store for you to bring along in your life is a relationship. So yeah, I just want to remind people of that truth too. And I remind myself of that all the time right. that Jesus is the only thing that's going to satisfy me. And if I want a boyfriend today, that's awesome. And I can pray for it, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean it's promised tomorrow. And, right. and God is promised tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so I can rest in that truth. I, I was thinking about this, you know, as we were preparing and I was like, you know, I think something that people, I, I don't know, I think this might be a myth of people who are single don't like have joy or don't live their life to the fullest. I'm like, that is absolutely not true. But I'm like, literally my joy does not come from a person. Mm -hmm. It comes from Jesus alone. And when it does come from a person, then we got something wrong and like your life will not be like good if that's the case. And so if you are single and you're like, man, I'm really struggling with being happy because I'm, I'm still single. It's like, we need to go back to the source of our joy of our happiness is Jesus. And you'll have like, this is the time you'll have the most time to spend with God. Mm -hmm. So use that time wisely. Look for ways to glorify God in your singleness. Look for those people you can invest in. And I think that in that God is glorified because we are not thinking about ourselves, but we're looking to others. Yeah. And kind of my final thought on it of hope is that it can feel like it's a testing of your faith for sure, right? Mm -hmm. It can feel like a trial. But what does we see in the book of James that the testing of our faith produces endurance, but that only happens. And JC, you kind of mentioned this is that only happens if when you're wrestling with God, you keep, keep wrestling with him, right? If you run away from it, you're no longer testing your, your, your faith isn't being tested at that point. So I would just say like, keep wrestling with God, keep uh, leaning into that. And man, those times of, of hardship are some of the sweetest times you ever have mm -hmm. with God, because um, you really get to, uh, you know, just experience them in a different way. And so, yeah, well, guys, thank you for your thoughts on loneliness. We'll be back. Uh, uh, singleness. singleness. I've done just that too we're not lonely. We're not lonely it's the up in here. Is, golly, <laughs> I got to just wrap it up after that. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>